Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Listeners, Adrian here from Arcade Attack, and with me today I've got Keith. Hello. Dilsey. Hello. And back again, Kev. Hello. So Rob's still not here. Oh no, sorry <laughs> so Rob. unreliable, where is he? <laughs> sorry Rob. Um, today I want to talk about probably one of my favourite um, point and click graphic adventures, uh, mm-hmm. adventures, even, adventures, and it's an interesting, mm. I reckon, I'm going to break it into three parts. Oh. Because how I played this game is quite an interesting tale in itself. Oh. Yeah. And I thought... Did you ma- play it in the buff? <laughs> <laughs> you ruined my story now. In the buff yeah. or in the bath? Both. Did you play it in the bath? Well, I'm usually in the buff in the bath, but yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on quickly. So I talk about how I start, how I actually played the game. Mm. I've just got a little twist to the tale. Keith is pretty excited by that. I am. Part two, I talk about the game itself. Mm-hmm. And part three, I thought we'd do a bit of an indie quiz. And I'll do a few questions for you guys. And obviously, you listeners can play, at home, play along at home. We'll learn, learn a little bit more about the Indiana Jones universe. I'll be honest with stuff. you, I love a play-at-home quiz. Who doesn't? I love it. Yeah. Who doesn't? Right, so before I go into the real nuts and bolts of the game, uh, I, I, I chuck something out there. I think uh, this, this game, actually, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, uh, re- revolutionised and actually really pushed point and kick, uh, point and click adventures to a new level. Mm-hmm. What what was anyone have a guess? What's so special about this game? What was different at the time that made it stand out from the crowd? Is Indiana Jones? Nope, because there was actually a previous point and click game of Indiana Jones, Ooh. which was which is good, but I wouldn't say it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think Atlantis takes it to another level. And what was that? Was that the Last Crusade. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a very... What makes you know, it special? Um, you know, that, that game's not bad. It's pretty good. Very quite... Is it to do with the engine they used, or...? No. no. The Scum engine was used. That's what I, I thought. the graphics were, were at its highest level at the time, though. I'm going to uh, blow your mind. Uh, oh, go on. Choices. Pathway. Pathway. The Pathway system. Now, that is... It's actually quite ingenious. Uh, it, uh, we'll talk more about it later. Okay. But, but it means you can play the game multiple ways. Hell, so does yes. that mean it has multiple endings or there are just actually, different ways of getting to the There endings? are multiple endings. I would talk more later, but okay, okay. there are three pathways 
and this podcast will be in three parts. Ah, oh, see what I did there? I do, yeah. So part one, how I started, how I actually first played the game. In the buff. In the buff. In the buff, <laughs> in, the buff in the buff. In the buff in the buff. I've spoken before about my uncle Victor. I mentioned his name. Yeah, his name he's a regular up, on the podcast, yeah. yeah. We need to get him on as like a guest, <laughs> guest star or something. He's still a gamer today. He's a massive piece oh, of excellent. game. He loves it. Um, but he was, he, he was really, you know, he was the person that really got me on mm. my games when I was growing up. But, he didn't get me in, into this particular game. That was mm. a different uncle. Oh. I've got another uncle called Uncle Alan. Uncle Alan, bring in left field. Left no, he's, uh, he's another cool guy, another a good guy, but he didn't, he wasn't really into his games. And okay. we used to visit, we loved, me and my brothers used to love vis- visiting his house. And, uh, he, you know, he loved his technology and he had a new work PC in his own office, his own fancy office and he had his own new, really powerful PC with one game installed. Only one game. Only one game. It wasn't much of a game. I think he got the game. Solitaire. It wasn't Solitaire. Mm. Minesweeper. It wasn't Minesweeper. <laughs> I think he must have got it with possibly when, when he bought the computer. Or, or I knew he was a big movie fan, a big Indiana Jones fan. Oh. So installed on his computer was a certain recent new <gasps> point and click adventure from Lucas Art. <gasps> oh no! What was it? Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Oh, I would never have guessed that. Now. <laughs> It was already out on the Amiga. It's just one of those games I never got hold of. You know, they were expensive back then. I think mm. it's about 11 discs and so forth. It's an expensive game. That's a lot of discs. Wow. A lot of discs. But the, the version my uncle had was the talky version. <laughs> now, when I went to my uncle's house, we, we, I couldn't believe my eyes. The graphics were great. I think it, it's like Monkey Island 2 S graphics, if, if even a little mm-hmm. bit more tight, if, if a bit sharper. So when did, when did this one come out? What year? It came out in 1993. I ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit later. So I was a huge fan at the time of, of the classic LucasArts and Lucas, LucasFilm games, Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle, really up my alley. But when I, when I first played it on my uncle's machine, he was like, yeah, play, play this game. There's something else. Have a go at that. And it was, it was the talking, the audio. You mm. can actually hear Indy's voice. Uh, it wasn't actually annoyingly voiced by Harrison Ford himself, but a very good actor. Was it kind of an impersonation? Impersonation, yeah. but pretty, pretty good, I have to say. He sounds <laughs> almost like Harrison Ford. I mean, That's come on. He does. I think his name's Doug Lee. I've got, uh, we'll go into a bit more detail about mm. that later on, but he's pretty good. Now, I played the game and all of a sudden I was like, time to go home. And it's not the sort of game you can. Just, can't just drop it and leave. Can't just drop it. So we quickly saved our progress. Hell yeah. Then I'd return to my uncle's house maybe in the next four or five months. <gasps> Load said game and keep playing again. Yeah. Wow. Another sort of two, three windows at, you know, two, two or three hour window to play the game. Time to go home, press save, come back again. Now, <laughs> honestly, this probably went on for about three or four times. Probably in, in, over a year, I chipped away at this game with my two <laughs> brothers working together on this one game. How your crazy your is uncle, that? your uncle thought you guys were there to come and see him. You're gonna bye and just where you want going when I'm gonna play the on the game for, for two three hours and there's like oh, time to go home. I know, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get a chance to see you, man. When you went round there, how does yeah. that make you feel? Uh, well, it's a great game, so I was, it's, oh, you know, I didn't really. The guilt trip's not gonna work. <laughs> I, I imagine <laughs> his uncle was secretly quite happy. So <laughs> yeah, those pesky kids are upstairs. Twelve year old yeah. nephew. Yeah, that's it. It was just I remember the game back then. It just drew me in. The, oh, I loved it. I loved the Indiana, Indiana Jones films anyway. I mm. thought the setting was amazing. But it was a funny way of playing the game. It's not, you, you know, you don't, you shouldn't really play a point and click game like that massive, huge window gap. No. Um, now, how did you remember? I suppose between the three of you, maybe. How did you remember what had gone on and where you were at? And, off and yeah. Clicked around a little bit. I was like, oh yeah, it kind of brings back some memories. Mm. It must have been definitely over a year since I finally got uh, my grubby mitts on my own copy of the game. So I finally got it, I think for our new PC as well. 
the talky version as well, the audio version. And um, I loved it, you know. Did you start it again from scratch? From or did scratch, you... because obviously I haven't got the save files from my uncle's computer. You could have gone around his house and got it, stuck it on a floppy disk. Possibly. Yeah, I'm wondering, uh, not that I condone piracy, but how come you didn't just copy the discs? Uh, because didn't I think it was a that... CD, it was a CD version, uh, wasn't it? Uh, and, um, uh... That's the main reason. Plus, I d- we didn't have a PC at the time. We had an Amiga. Obviously, well, there was an Amiga version of the game, but... You know, once you get the talkie version, you can't gotcha. go back. No can't back. go back, mate. But, you, know. you know, but it must have been kind of mid nineties. Then I was playing the game myself, ninety five, ninety six, maybe, and loving it. Got really far in it. I got to Atlantis. Mm. I actually got there. Spoiler alert! But I never completed the game. Oh. Never actually got. There. I got stuck on a puzzle. And you know, when you when you're growing up, there's other games to play and there's other stuff to do. And if you if you leave a point and click game for too long, which is a little bit hypocritical, because like <laughs> I was playing it. You know, <laughs> quite a big distance earlier. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get back into it. So it was a game that 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 I never completed. Remained unfinished until oh, shame. earlier this year. <gasps> Ooh, I got a bit of a hankering, didn't I? Because recently I've been playing the old, uh, you know, Day of the Tentacle. I've, I've also got Full Throttle as well, the remastered mm, version. Nice. And I was thinking to myself, you know what I want to play, and I want to complete this bad boy, Indiana Jones. So I got it on Steam. I got it for like a for five pounds. Five pounds. Loom included. And also, uh, the last. I got the same thing. Yeah, Last Crusade. <laughs> it's a good, good bundle, right? And it's got some other game on it I haven't played yet. Yeah, The Dig, I think it's called. The Dig. The Dig, which, which I, I haven't got into it yet. I might try that another time. But I was just so hankering for this game again. And I have to say, guys, finally, after I don't know how many years, I've now completed the game. Yay. It, it, it means a lot to me because it's a, it's one of my favourite point and click adventures. So, uh, just to tell you up, how many years did it take you to complete this game? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from when you first started. So I must have started in 1903. Do the maths. How many years is that then? So 93, 25, 25 years. <laughs> it only took 25 years to Quarter complete the game. Century, well, yeah. look, I'm sorry, but finally. 25 years of gameplay value, guys. That's, you know. That's well, value for money, yeah. If you, I'm sure someone would dedicate 25 years to find the, the lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> That's, <true. laughs> That's 20p a year for your five pounds. That's, See, that's why we got Kev on the show for the maps. For the maps, yeah, keep that coming. Not for the witty commentaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've completed the game. Brilliant, brilliant game. Uh, I, I, I think there's only one other person in this room that's played this game. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, I've not played it. I've not played it. I've not played it. <laughs> <laughs> I just kidding. I've played it a lot. <laughs> I think I, I I pulled your leg, didn't I, Dylan? You did, and I'm glad you pulled it because then I wouldn't have got it. I start I started playing the last crusade and I gave up about after about ten minutes. But it doesn't quite have the same lure, does it? No, this is really annoying. The the fight bits in it are really annoying, actually, in both games. Um, ah, but I'm sure you'll come into that we'll later. Come to that. We'll yeah. come to that. So. That's part one, guys. 25 years to finally actually how I played the game and completed it. But now I want to talk a bit more about the actual game and what, why it means so much to me. Is this part two or is it still part one? This is part two. Or is this part two? This really is part two. Into the meat. Of the meat this is the meaty podcast. bit of the sandwich. Yeah. The, the, the thin bit of bread. The beef joint. <laughs> I, I have to say, sorry, in my head I've just got this uh, scene from a film with you playing the game as a 11-year-old or something and then coming up with a caption 25 years later and you've just finished. <laughs> <laughs> it, I reckon my story of playing the game could be made into a point-and-click adventure. Can you imagine? Walking around my uncle's house, playing this, getting my own coffee. <laughs> and it's like a game within a game. So you actually have to play Indiana wow. Jones. Like an in Easter egg. A little bit like playing Maniac Mansion within Day of the Tentacle. Which, yeah, which there is, you go. That, that, yeah. Wow. Or playing Supangon in Shenmue. 
a bit like playing Superhang <laughs> on his channel, but not quite the same. I think what I made it mention was probably a bit more accurate. Cause, yeah. But no, I like uh, Keith's. I like Keith's. Because you have to like point and click Adrian for like a year before he can play and you know, <laughs> or play in that arcade game within Zool. You remember that one? Nope. Right, let's move on quickly then. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> no Zool talk. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, guys, I played the game in 1993, but it was first released in 1992. 1992. Um, but a year later, so they didn't come at the same time, about a year later, LucasArts uh, released a CD-ROM enhanced talkie edition with full voice acting and digitized sound effects. Now that's... That's big. That's a big deal. Mm, big deal. That is before this game. Really, there wasn't really much talking in games. Any? No. Can you think of any examples? No. No. I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of Wolfenstein. Yes, but they, <laughs> good. Good example. Yeah, I'm you. kind of reminded of the Wing Commander series where I played Wing Commander Two, which didn't oh, have Commander. voices, um, and it was just subtitled. And then you got to Wing Commander Three, possibly, and you know. I think that's a bit later, but there was you did get speech in games, but it was just like the odd like word or sound effect, but not full text, you know, speech. Eight thousand lines of text, apparently. Yeah, eight thousand lines. Absolutely crazy. Um, So, like I said, guys, it was released on. um, So it was one. Sorry to interrupt. So that's like one of those one of the early examples of what the the jump to CD technology yes could do for gaming. And after that, it was Going commonplace. from discs and cartridges. It almost pretty was one of the last games to be made from Lucasfilms or LucasArts on disc, I'd say. They, they, they quickly came on CD mm. afterwards and they took advantage. Took advantage. Um, yeah, so it was the seventh LucasArts game to use the, the script language Scum. The Scum language. Now, we, we looked at this before, but the Scum language is basically a very simple way of moving your characters around the screen and talking and picking up. Lots of options. Use, pick up. You know, I think just the right amount of options to, hmm. to, to open the game up to lots of uh, possibilities. Um, where was the game released? Anyone ever guess what platforms? Amiga, PC. Yeah, Amiga, <laughs> uh, MS-DOS. Yeah, we'll give you that. Uh, Atari ST? Nope. Oh, no. Not on my list, apparently. Philips CDI. Nope, good guess. Uh, FM Towns. FM Towns, that popped up recently, didn't it, in another podcast. <laughs> FM Towns. Yeah. Wasn't that brought up, was that the theme park one? It might have been. Yes, yeah, about yeah it. I think so. FM Towns. Oh. FM Towns. Sounds like a dodgy radio station, doesn't it? It does. Country Towns one. FM. Towns FM. <laughs> Is there more? Yeah, Macintosh. Oh, Mac. okay. And, and one last one, the Wii. Okay. Huh? Deathly silence. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I was expecting them um, jaws to be dropped then. Oh, yeah, really? uh, what? surely out of time period. Thank you. Well, look, See, yeah, they've the done week. that. They've done that a lot. It was a unlockable game. Oh. It was a secret game attached to another Indiana Jones game. Oh. We'll come to that a bit later. Oh, very interesting. So why it stands out? We the, we've already said it. The pathway system, three unique paths to select. That influences the story you play, the gameplay, the puzzles. I would say, it, look, when you when you finish Monkey Island or you complete Day of the Tentacle, you you finished it. You've done the right puzzles. There are you know there are certain ways you complete certain puzzles slightly differently, truthfully. But mm-hmm. really, you, if you replay the game, it's the yep. same game. Really, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, there's a couple of small exceptions, but generally that's it. Whereas this game gave you three pathways to choose. That's crazy madness. Um, and I think it gives you that value for money. You can yep. replay it, see a whole different side of the game. So it's your next 50 years accounted for, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is. Or maybe 75 years, 25 apiece, maybe. Do you think? No? no, you already done, done, done the 25. Done another 50. Uh, see, that's why you got them in the pop of the maps. maps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, I'll share with you a brief plot. Okay. 
and we're going to we'll go in a bit more depth about the you know this is this is just the real brief plot. So obviously it's set in fictional Indiana Jones universe, and it revolves around the the heroes' global search for the legendary sunken city of Atlantis. How cool is that? Um, Sophia Hapgood, she is a co-worker or an ex an old co-worker, I should say, and she used to work with you on her, you know, in, in her previous archaeological, archaeological, mm-hmm. I can't say that word very well, archaeological even career, uh, but she's later become a psychic. Um, she is now a psychic. Uh, yeah. Um, but she later helps you along the journey. So the two partners, are pursued by the Nazis. Oh, them Nazis. Dem, hashtag them Nazis, though. <laughs> They're always the bane of Indiana Jones' life, aren't they? I tell you. But they want to seek the true power of Atlantis. Uh, why would they want the true power? What what means do you think the Nazis, just to ad- uh, admire the good architecture, do you think? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they want to enhance the powers for their warfare. Of course they do. Um, and of course the Nazis are the... You've uh, got to stop them, man. Well, yeah, Indiana Jones. You've got to stop them. to stop these antagonists, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, the story, which I think is brilliant, I have to say, the story, and I have to say, many people think this should be made into the into a film. You know, yes. They, they generally think this is good enough to be a real indie film. It was written by Hal uh, Barwood. He's be, we've interviewed him. What did your spell checker turn Hal Barwood into? Hap, 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 Corwood or something. <laughs> yeah. You were messaging me about it the other day. You're like, ooh, who's Hap Corwood? <laughs> I don't know, but I tell you what, I don't want to meet this guy because I'd rather meet, meet Hal Barwood, much true, cooler dude. He did a great job, he let's be honest. He did a great job. And guys, an, uh, another recent, really recent interview we've got on site is Noah Falstein, the two, the two partners Falstein. in crime. Mm-hmm. These two people uh, were the main people behind this game. And, it, you know, I have to give them both credit. Um, you know, they, they actually were, they actually rejected, they had an, an old movie script, an old indie movie script said, no, nah, not good enough. We don't like this one. They're going to come up with a brand new story, and they did it. They did it. They, they oh, smashed it. They did it. They smashed it. And you know, I think Hal Barwood's previous work in films. I think he was good friends with Steven Spielberg and yeah. George Lucas. Yeah. And Noah Faustine or Faustine he, again. They were they a brilliant, brilliant duo. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you want to hear the back of the box? Oh, go on. I love these. Usually do it. Love. Them. I love the back of the box. And you always bother like, re- like researching this. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I think this is the American version. Okay, ready? Okay. The man with the hat is back in his greatest adventure yet. So it makes man him sound like a magician. The, the man with the hat. 1939, the eve of World War II. Nazi agents are about to get their hands on a weapon more dangerous than the atom bomb. Wow, that's pretty dangerous. <gasps> Only Indy can stop them before they unleash the deadly secret that sank Atlantis. Ooh. Dum, dum, dum. Point un click. Point oh, un click. Point un click. Point un click. Honestly, point un click. Your way through fist fights. We'll talk about that later. No. Puzzles, balloon rides, car chases, and Indy one liners. <laughs> it's got it all. Explore over 200 spectacular locations. That's great. They are pretty spectacular. They, they are. I wouldn't say every 200 is spectacular, but it's close to it, isn't it? They're like 16-bit-esque spectacular environments. It's, it's my, I love that artwork. I love the retro artwork. It's so mm. beautiful. I love that Monkey Island 2, Indiana Jones, Fable Atlantis. I think that's my favourite era of, of... Please, for the love of God, no one remaster this game. Just well, leave it as it is. It looks beautiful. I did ask how that question, and I he, he kind of said that'd be kind of cool, but... Again, since then, Ron Ron Gilbert, um, Ugh, that 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 Monkey Island one on um, 
Yeah. On, uh, did with the Monkey the Island one, did they do what they did with Full Throttle and uh, Maniac Mansion back. where you could change? I think you yeah, can you flick can flip back. back. So that's fine. But you have to flick back. What was the point in them wasting all the time? <laughs> because I, I don't know, maybe people, you know, if they're trying to find a new audience. Mm. Well, again, I don't want to... Them youngsters might not want the 16-bit pixel. Youngsters. There, there, there's actually been work on a re- uh, up to updated Atlantis game. Whoop. But it's not been officially endorsed up, by LucasArts. Updated how? New graphics. Oh, okay. And I've seen screenshots. It does look quite nice, but mm. there's no need for it. No, no, no need. And actually, I, I don't always like, I quite like a fan made games and stuff mm. like that. I think some, they should be given freedom, but I think, um, Disney's got involved and said stop doing that now. Yeah. They've actually told these people to stop making it. But there you go. Um, yeah, so explore over 200 spectacular locations, play and replay. Damn right. Three unique challenging paths to vanquish the Reich. How cool is that? <laughs> so play bumper cars with Gestapo kidnappers. Repair an ancient doomsday machine carefully. Oh, yeah. Well. Soar across the vast Sahara in search of mysterious ruins and capture a Nazi sub and find Atlantis's secret airlock. Just uh, out of interest, is there any other way to um, repair a doomsday machine other than carefully? There's only one way. Carefully. <laughs> no, because I saw, I saw Kev's like eyebrows go like this as soon as you said carefully. Kev just goes in there. He just gets let's, in let's, there. Doomsday Adrian, machine. Man. Kev's in there, mate. Let's not play it safe. Let's not do it carefully. <laughs> get in it. The quicker Indy, you get in there with the hammer, the better. Well, Indy's not known for his careful uh, work use. Is he? He's quite. He's quite gun ho. Pretty but, reckless. Yeah. He's pretty reckless. But no, when you you've got to be careful in this. A doomsday machine, Kev. <laughs> so if you're going to fix my yeah, doomsday you know, machine, can you just take it easy? So you you're saying I shouldn't use corners my on giant hammer? You know my giant wooden hammer, right? We yes. Say. That would be out of the out of the question. So, listeners, yes. if you've got a broken doomsday machine, don't ask Kev for help. No. <laughs> just smash it up. If you want to break your doomsday machine. <laughs> right. Would you I like to help. learn more about the gameplay? No, the doomsday machine, though, if it's in the Nazis' hands, send Kev, he'll smash it up. <laughs> I'll smash it up. That's oh, the only okay, good idea. That's the only thing we can I'll wreck it. Yeah. Wreck it, Kev. <laughs> Why is he trying to fix the doomsday machine? Surely just to smash it up would be great. No, yeah. We have to, he has to. See, that... I don't Why? think someone's completed the game, have they? No, someone only made it halfway. Hold on, he's only had it for a year. <laughs> he's only had it for a year. It's only taken me 25 years. <laughs> give, give me another 24 years, yeah. I'll come back to you. Give me yeah, a chance. 24 God. years to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair point, fair game. Right. As I said, guys, it's based on the Scum system engine. Who, who invented the Scum system, do you remember? Oh, uh, David Fox? Uh, he worked, he did work did along, he, on it. Oh, who Ron Gilbert? Say he invented it? Ron Gilbert? Ron Gilbert, yeah. yeah. Ron Gilbert, um, Eric Wilmunder, Brad Taylor, and Vince Lee. Um, they, they developed the whole Scum engine, and it, and it really made the whole sort of backdrop for most Lucas. Love Arts. it, point and click. Love it. Use this on this, grab that on that. Love it. What I liked <laughs> about it, it was simple, you knew what you got. That you, was the actual syntax they used as well, Keith? Was it? Grab that on that. On that, on that. <laughs> it's like, grab this. Grab, grab this. Grab this. Use like, this. The rude boy point and click. <laughs> it's the Croydon version. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine the Croydon point and click adventure? <laughs> <laughs> grab knife. <laughs> dot, dot, grab dot. point and click. <laughs> I, I think on. I'd rather battle against the Nazis. Anyway, let's, let's move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, as I was saying, um, the player explores the game's environments. Okay, they're, they're static environments, beautiful backdrops. Mm. They're very they love. I love it. Uh, but you you, you interact with different cust- uh, characters uh, and objects. So you may use your your mouse. Um, so pick up this, use this, talk to, 
conversations with non-playable characters unfold in a series of selectable questions and answers. So I love it. And you've got Indy's kind of wit and humour thrown in for good measure. I think they capture the, the person the really, really well. Yeah. I really do think. Um, two-thirds of the top screen is the lovely sections with great graphics. The bottom row, mm-hmm. uh, the bottom row is the scum options and inventory panel. It just yep. works so well. Nice, nice. It's nice, nice and simple. Um, do you know what I like? I love the intro. Do you remember playing the intro? When you first play the game, I was like, Yeah, when he's falling through the, um, and what, and, the yeah, library. Yeah, when you're falling through the library, but there's no options. You, all you can do is, you literally, there's no, um, options to point and click and move. You just, you click around, don't you? You, you just click around, he just does some stuff, falls through the floor. And when and I first played the game, I was like, Ooh, where, where's my options? Where's, I'm used to Monkey Island, but <laughs> that comes in late. I love the intro. Very clever. Very, very clever. Come I love on. it. I love the setting. Um, but about, about a sort of third, I'll say about a third into the game or a quarter into the game, that's when you get the free game modes, the free choices. So the first sort of quarter of the game, you, it's the same game. You, okay. you, you, you basically um, have to track down uh, these these Nazis, really. And, and mm. The free game modes, I'll go into a bit more detail, uh, is the team path, mm. the wits path, and the fists path. Mm-hmm. So the team path, you actually have to work with Sophia. Mm-hmm. The, the wits path, you go alone, it's very sort of, uh, puzzle heavy, and the fists path, which is very, less puzzly, more punchy. No. So, yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, do you choose your path knowing which path you're choosing, or is it just a consequence of the decisions you take in the game? It's a very good question. Actually, what I think is very clever about the game is, you get to choose what path you do, but, in a previous puzzle, basically mm. how you get to, how you, how you, uh, manage to sort of break into the, mm-hmm. the theatre, that, that, they kind of hint and say, well, you, they say, well, we, we recommend you use this path because you did this earlier. Mm. Does that make sense? So you can choose okay. whatever path you want, but look at So back that's at your interesting. Previous... So it kind of looks at how you've played the game up to that yeah. point. I think it was just based on one particular puzzle. Okay. You can either punch the bouncer and get your way through the theatre. Yeah. Move around some boxes and sort of find your way through. And I think there's a, another way where you can work with us, Sophia. Okay. It's yeah. just like, you well, enjoy like I punching did. people. You, you might prefer to game, like play the game this yeah. way. <laughs> okay. It's a game for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like I did. Beat, beat of the bouncer. Go into the, um, the arena thing. Not work out what to do. Go back outside and then do it the other way, and then go back to the same. Puzzle. <laughs> you can do that same puzzle three ways. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So in the team path, you're you're the protagonist, uh, uh, Indiana Jones, is joined by uh, his partner Sophia Hapgood, and she'll provide support throughout the game. The wits path, loads more complex puzzles. You go solo, and the fist path. It, there's fighting scenes now. I think most people would say that it's not the strongest point in the game. Ugh, I hate them. Yeah, I wouldn't say I hate them, but it's literally <laughs> click the mouse. Or what is it? Hammer it as fast as you can. There is thing, a little yeah. bit of strategy involved. You but want like time it, otherwise you don't land like a heavy yeah. blow on whoever you're punching. I think in it. point and click isn't the best sort of mechanism for fighting. They should have skipped it. it completely. No, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Full Throttle. There's a, there's a bit on a motorbike you have to punch people with different weapons. It doesn't really fit well with the game personally. Mm. I'd argue the mouse isn't the best tool for that as well. Mm. So. Fair, point. No, fair point. It feels a bit like rock, paper and scissor but without rock, paper, scissor like they should have just oh, really? had rock, paper and scissor for the fights maybe or something. Or whip, gun whip. Or, or hat. Fedora. Hat. Fedora. Fedora, yeah. 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 Whip gun fedora. We like that. Whip gun fedora. What path did I choose, do you think? Which, which path do you reckon I went down? The fedora path. Am yeah, I? yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know this because you've told me already, but I'm I wonder if the other two Adrian's not a really punchy person. Isn't yeah. he? I like Rocky. Well, my black eye, I my like black eye says, says different. <laughs> Wit. 
I went down the Wits Park. There yeah. you go. I did. I went solo. I went. I went on my own. You like Sophia who? <laughs> like yeah, was, yeah. See you later. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might play it again, like I said, but again, that might take another twenty five, fifty years. So we'll see how that goes. Watch we'll this space. Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah watch out for that podcast. <laughs> we'll see you when we're sixty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you know what? Interestingly, for for a Lucas Arts game, you can die in this game. You can. <gasps> That's unusual. Indeed, you can get knocked no. out. You can die, and actually, I did. Die. I did die once. And it's a uh-huh. game over. I was like, uh? Game over. Luckily. The point and click. Luckily, I saved the game uh, just a few minutes prior. I, d- I must have realised I was about to get killed by a Nazi. But it, it was quite unusual. I didn't realise you could die when it happened. Like, Would oh, you get shot or? Uh, you just get beat, beat into a pulp. Really. Beaten to death. Yeah. That's yeah. one wow. of those fight things. Just, oh, I don't I know, know. What's right? the game over screen like? Is it like Resident Evil? Where you, I've never, I've never, you I've never died. Killed I think it just, it just loads up the title screen again. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you die. You are dead. Um, you are another dead. thing I quite like, and this adds again to more replayability, there's a score system. The indie quotient points. So it keeps track of the puzzles you solved, the obstacles overcame, and if you found all the important objects. So there are certain objects you can skip, but if you want to do okay. the game properly, there's actually certain puzzles you can, you can solve differently. So if you solve puzzles a bit more, you know, the proper way, I should say, you get more points. So you do get a point system at the end of the game, which is quite good, isn't it? Getting quite sweet. unique. Yeah. I suppose it's another way to try and get people to replay it if they're that exactly. way inclined to. Right, do you want to hear a bit more about the plot? I don't want to give any major spoilers. Yeah, go on. Are you ready for this? Mm. Are you ready for this? So the story of Fate of Atlantis is set in 1939, eve of World War II, at the request of a visitor named Mr. Smith. Archaeology professor and adventurer Indiana Jones tries to find a small statue in the archives of his workplace, Barnet College. After Indy receives the horn figurine, uh, Smith uses the key to open it, Revealing a sparkling metal bead inside. Ooh. Now, this metal bead will play a big part later in the game. It is. It is. It is. It will. <laughs> Smith then pulls out a gun and escapes with the two artifacts. But he loses his coat in the process. There's a bit oh. of a tussle. Indy manages to grab the coat. He gets through the window, if I remember correctly. The identity card reveals Smith to actually be Klaus Kerner. <gasps> ba ba ba. He is an agent of the Third Reich. Oh, he's a Nazi. Another pocket of the coat holds an old magazine containing an article about an expedition on which Jones collaborated with a young woman named... Sophia. Sophia Hapgood. Who has since given up archaeology to become a psychic. She's she's (laughs) raking it in, mate. She don't don't need to do the archaeological stuff. Did you see the the theatre was full? Full of people brimming. In 1939, though, 1939, there wasn't wasn't much going on, really. It was the eve of the Not much on at the theatre. No. But, you know, Indy's a sharp cookie. You know, he fearing that she might be Kerner's next target. Indy travels to New York City in order to warn her and to find out more about the mysterious statue. There, he interrupts her lecture on the culture and downfall of Atlantis. Oh. And the two return to Sophia's apartment. I love it how Indy interrupts the theatre, because he, remember Dylan, he pulls the pulley system, he, it's almost like a big ghost covers on. It is, the ghost thing is hilarious. It's so funny. And it, I just love the animation. Mm. I love that pixelated animation. It's so mm. well done. You know, and I, I just love it. I love, I love these games so much. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you return to Sophia, uh, Sophia's apartment, they discover that Kerner has ransacked her office in search for Atlantean artifacts. But Sophia says that she keeps her most valuable item, her necklace, with her. She's a clever, she's a clever cookie. 
She owns another of the shiny beads, now identified as the mysterious metal... Amacastomism. Is it called? <laughs> what? It's not called Amacastomism. It's <laughs> close though, right? It's called Oracalcum. That's it. Yeah, close on. enough. Oracalcum. Close enough. That was pretty close. Now, if I could, if I could mine my garden right now for a new metal... Oracalcum will be pretty close to gold, I'd say. That is like the, it's like the key metal. It's, it's the, the best key, It's the key metal. It's right? the best metal. It's, it's, it's on my top five, I have to say. <laughs> top five metals. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer Dylan's one. Akalakum. 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 Anyway, she places the Oracalcum in the medallion's mouth, which is on a necklace. And this it evokes the spirit of the Atlantean god Nurabsal. And you see this lovely spirit, this ghost appear. And it's quite, you know, this is proper indie sort of magic going on mm. there. And you think, wow, this is proper serious stuff going down. I love it. Um, she explains that a Nazi scientist called Dr. Hans Uberman. Uberman? <laughs> yeah. Dr. Hans Uberman. Who later went on to fa- found Uberweiss. Uberman. Dr. Uberweiss. I don't think he's linked to the, 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 the taxi service. <laughs> it doesn't. His name's Superman, then, isn't it? Isn't Doctor. that what Uber is in German? Uber is over, is that? Oh, is it? No, Zupa, Zupa. Oh, is it? Zupa is in. Yeah, you know, Uber is just Uber. Uber, is the, the best. The best. He's like so he's extreme, the best man. Sorry, extreme he's the best man. man. The and he, he's basically, yeah, so she, this Nazi scientist, he's proper evil scientist, isn't he? Proper, you, you, when you picture an evil Uber scientist, man. you picture this guy, and he's searching for the power of Atlantis to use it as an energy source for warfare. <laughs> Sophia then gets a telepa- uh, telepathic message from Nurab Sal, instructing them to find the lost dialogue of Plato. Oh, oh. right. A book that will guide them to the city. After gathering information, Indy and Sophia eventually find it in a collection of at Barnet College. I love it. So you go back to Barnet College, you find this book. <laughs> um, and do you know what? <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Kev's, Kev's catch trying to chew through the, wire to chew to the, through the wires. <laughs> so if we get electric- quietly discouraged, if, if you hear a, you know, a rather shrieking meow, <laughs> and then the podcast then ends, you know, right. no wire listeners. Has he stopped doing it? Oh, sorry, sorry, Aid. Yeah. Yeah, Barnet College. Sorry, Barnet College. You, you go around, you find this this book, and basically through some clever work, Indy has found a little error in Plato's work. Um, Basically, there's a mistranslation from Egyptian to Greek, and the, the the document pinpoints the actual location of Atlantis in Ooh. the Mediterranean, 300 miles. Well, whereabouts? Do, actually, where do you think the Atlantis actually is? Any ideas? In the Mediterranean, 300 miles away. From <laughs> <laughs> from Athens. From Greece. Yeah, well done. From the Kingdom hey. of Greece, instead of 3,000, as mentioned in the original dialogue. Ah. Um, it also says that in order to gain access to the lost city and its colonies. Three special stones are required. Oh, them and these, stones. You get these stones at three points during the game and you have to put them in... I found them quite annoying, actually. I think they were the sunstone, the moonstone, the earth, I think it might be the earth, earth stone. You had to put them in the right place and spin them around in the right order to, to open the correct doors and so forth. I have to say, I, I didn't always quite understand the puzzles, but if you're a little... It's what Google's for. It's what Google's for. Hashtag <laughs> Google. <laughs> um... But anyway, this is the point. This is the point. At this point here, when you find out you need these three three stones, that's where you get to choose the path you go on. So I'd say about a good middle, the middle part of the game, the middle third, about you know, is where you can play the game in different bits. Um, but unfortunately, in all three paths, Sophia will get captured by the Nazis. Oh. So there's no 
Sophia's going to be safe, unfortunately. Um, I love it. In this game, you have to travel on submarines. I love, I love, do you get to the submarine bit, Dylan? No. <laughs> you have to escape through a Nazi submarine. It's, you I'm have to sad. act like a Nazi <laughs> and so forth and put little traps down and stuff. You have to fly hot air balloons. Um, I talk, you know, so, most of the game is the traditional point and click. There's certain almost mini games. And like the hot air balloon, it's like a top down view. You have to fly your, your oh, hot cool. air balloon around. There's also car chasing ones as well. Some odd little kind of mini games thrown in for good measure. To break measure. it up. It does, and it, it works quite well, actually. Um, but you eventually make your way to the Lost City, which, if you're interested, is quite near the Greek city of uh, Santorini. I am interested. Yeah. Thank you for that. Let's go to Santorini. Yeah. Let's go. Um, again, <laughs> I don't want to spoil the end, because, but when you get to Atlantis, the game, I think, does get a bit more difficult. I got to that uh, when I was a bit younger. And I have to say, one reason why I couldn't complete the game as, as a kid was there was there was no internet back then. There was no walkthroughs. <laughs> and I put my hands up. I think I got stuck on, on the recent playthrough twice. Uh, I think I had to use a walkthrough just twice to help me. So I just can't work this puzzle out. I'm not proud of it. And look at Dylan's face. He's not proud of me. I used it three times in getting <laughs> halfway through the game. So. <laughs> There's no judgment here. But Don't worry about it. In the good ending, uh, the, 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 there are a few endings actually, but in mm. the proper good ending, you... Um, Atlantis will succumb to a huge eruption, huge, huge volcano. You manage to flee in time. Um, the Nazis will, will, will die. Uh, you, you basically are shown on, uh, a submarine. You escape from the submarine with Sophia. Um, unfortunately, there's no evidence of Atlantis though. Everything's been destroyed. So <gasps> it's a kind of a good ending. You're still alive. But well, yeah, I suppose. But there's yeah, no way though. I know, right? Being alive is a good ending though, right? It's the best day. With a, with a pretty woman as well. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, development. I want to talk a bit more about the development of the game. At the time, a sequel to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was decided. Okay, so they want, they thought, this is quite a successful game. Let's make a sequel. Um, but unfortunately, well, kind of unfortunately, the, most of the staff at the time were working on Monkey Island, The Dig, other projects were going on. So, um, Hal uh, Barwood, at that time, had only created two games on his own. And he was put in charge of this project purely because he was the producer and writer of many, many films. <laughs> yeah, so originally, um, Chris Columbus actually wrote a script for a new Indiana Jones film, but it was rejected as a film. So it's, oh. I think it's supposed oh, okay. to be the, the third indie film in existence. I think Last Crusade uh, was the actual film. Any ideas what that rejected film was called? Oh. Glass Skulls. No. It was Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. And again, this was given to Hal and say, look, why don't you just use this and make this into an indie game? But he didn't like the script. I'd love to read that script, wouldn't you? The Monkey King. I think you you wanted more of a reaction out of Keith than you got there. I I mean, was it rejected for a very good reason? Was it kind of a similar similar ilk to the latest Indiana Jones film? In which case... uh, in which case, it's probably a good thing it got rejected. <laughs> it got probably, made, yeah. probably. The first idea, this is great actually, the first idea that Falstein and Barwood came up with was not to do Atlantis. They wanted to make a game based on the sword Excalibur. And Indiana Jones finding the, the lost sword oh, Excalibur. Okay, that could have been good. Now, what was the issue? There is a, what do you reckon is the issue for an indie game based on that particular artifact? <sighs> what stopped it from happening? Disney? Nope. Some um, other big corporation. Think about where Excalibur is located. Well, probably is located. Over here somewhere. Yep. So. 
they were just worried that that you the game would just be based all in UK. There'll be no travelling around. Indies in famous uh, for going around. Fate mm. of Atlantis, you're going around to what? Two hundred locations. Maybe you have to go around to find clues. Maybe like during the Crusades, some of the like clues ended up Manchester, you know, in the Middle East somewhere. <laughs> Royden, maybe Manchester. <laughs> it could be like a tour around the UK. It could work. Well, so that was the main reason, was it? They thought it'd be too UK centric. Yeah, just basically, there'd, there'd be no reason to go anywhere else except for England. You make the you could have you, you could have two hundred so yeah, you could have two hundred locations in Croydon kebab shop, <laughs> kebab Martin shop. Phelps music, dog and bull, dog and bull. Good. That's three already. And like this, you know. this Croydon point of clicks actually getting some legs, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, but I quite like how for stand up and rejecting that original plot, uh, the original script mm. of Chris Columbus. Can you imagine? I love to see it. Can you imagine those two in a meeting? God, you've, you've just rejected Chris Columbus. Like, come on. The thing, word. <laughs> the thing is, being honest, no one seemed to want this script, right? So they didn't want to make a film out of it. They didn't yeah, want to make a game out of it. It wasn't good enough to be a film. Why would it have been good enough to be a game? And uh, again, I, like I, like we said before, uh, I think Atlantis, the game, the actual story in the game is good enough for a movie. It, it's definitely mm. such a great story. I really, really enjoyed it. I think it could transfer to a movie person. How would you get it all in two hours though? With difficulty. <laughs> That's the problem, That's isn't it? That's a good it? question. 25 years to 10 hours. They eventually <laughs> landed on the idea for Atlantis. I think they were flicking through some books. They found a cheap, this is, this is the quotes here, a cheap coffee table book on the world's unsolved mysteries. And they found Atlantis and think, this, this is perfect for Indy. This is the perfect thing. Um, now, again, how, uh, good old Noah Falstein, again, a brilliant issue on the site. And him adding the idea of the free pathway system. That added six months to the development time. Mm. Six oh, months. So the God. game was apparently going really well. Then all of a sudden, Noah had a great idea and fair play to him, you know, but that six extra months to development, how, what, what, you know, that shows guts though, doesn't it? I don't think that would be allowed. It does in show guts. World. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, it does. It does but show it, guts. It wouldn't be allowed in today's world, I don't think, in games world to do that. No, because they're so like, oh, you have to deadlines. Get this game out deadlines, 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 money, deadlines money, and money. deadlines. Deadlines and deadlines. How many yeah. years did it take to make this game in total? Two. Exactly, yeah. Just over two years. Around two years, yep. So it started in early 1990, eventually released in 1992. Um, <clears throat> the, the voiceover recordings, there's about 8,000 lines of dialogue, and that took about four weeks. And it was recorded after the game was made. The original game was made, then they added an extra talkie version a year later. Okay. 8,000 dialogue. Um, it's annoying that Harrison Ford was not available, but still, you agree... The voice acting. He sounds... Uh, I actually thought it was Harrison Ford. Yeah, his name's Doug Lee, and I've got a little bit of credit for Doug Lee. I don't think he's done a lot more after this, truthfully, but I, I like his voice. He, mm. he, he gets the indie vibe quite well. Um, was, there any, was there ever a sequel to this game? No. No, not a, not a direct sequel, at least. Not a proper point-and-click adventure for Indiana Jones, was there, to be fair. Um, but after the release of the game, there was a, a, a successor in the works. And again... Hal Barwood was involved again, and it was, t- t- I love this title, it was, it was going to be called Indiana Jones and the Iron Phoenix. Iron Phoenix. We like that. Um, it was going to be set just after World War II, again, featured Nazis. These <laughs> Nazis were seeking refuge in Bolivia, and they're trying to resurrect Adolf Hitler. Oh, no. Right, with the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Free Harry Potter. Free yeah. Harry Potter, okay. And apparently the game was in development for 15 months. So oh. this game must be pretty close to completion. Yeah. They wasted 15 what months happened? on this team. Why do you think it was never completed? A couple of things. Um, change in hardware around. They were developing on PC. 
maybe there were like big advance, but around that time there were sort of big advances in like Intel processing and things. True. Maybe it fair point. just looked outdated. Yeah, um, I, they were moving more towards sort of clean cut, almost 3D monkey items, mm, weren't they then? Yeah. For example. But it's a dumper game after over a year of development still. Yeah. It is quite incredible. The main reason really is the neo-Nazism about it. And actually, Ger- German, Germans are very, they love LucasArts point and click adventures. It would have been a huge target for them. Mm. So German coordinators, they, when they discovered how extensively the game dealt with neo-Nazism, uh, they informed LucasArts about so the neo-Nazis as opposed to Nazi-Nazis. Yeah, yeah. And they, 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 they basically say it's going to be really difficult to market this game in Germany. And it's a re- that's a really important market for adventure games. So they feared that, well, they're not going to make the money back on the game. So they just had to cancel it. Um, it's a shame because they must have been so it close is a to shame. Finish, uh, finishing it. You would think, uh, but 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 the plot for the game was eventually made into a four-part Dark Horse comic book series. Oh wow! How cool is that? Um, by Lee Mars, published monthly from December 1994 to March 1995. So, and it was an Indiana Jones comic book. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And it was based on keeps on it. The <laughs> Iron Phoenix. Oh, I, get that. Yeah. I, I want to read it. Yeah, I'm not really good. a comic book guy, but I'm tempted to actually check mm. that bad boy out. Um. Another follow-up game was was actually planned. It was going to be called Indiana Jones and the Spear of Destiny. Sounds Love it. familiar. And this revolved around the Spear of L- L- Longinus. Longinus? I'm intrigued by Longinus. What is that? Long, I, I probably pronounce it completely It's all about wrong. the Longinus. Hold up, hold up. This is Longinus. 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 Longinus, Longinus. Is it, this is the same <laughs> Spear of Destiny. <laughs> that Apparently, there's four Spear of Destinies, isn't there? Is that right? That's what I heard the other day. I, might I didn't know wrong. that. Yeah, I might be wrong. Um, there are some in existence. I think there's one at the Vatican, isn't there, apparently? I didn't know that. Again, I, this is stuff I heard from a friend of mine, so if, if I'm wrong, he's wrong, but there you go. I, Adrian's re- retraining as a psychic. I, I am. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, but this, you know, it was, uh, this game was outsourced, so I think it was still a LucasArts game, but it was outsourced to a small Canadian studio. Uh, but eventually they, this, this stopped as LucasArts did not have the experience or supervision of an external team. So I think it was just a little bit too hard to manage. Uh, but again, this story was then was was rewritten into another four part comic book ser- series. So it's quite wow. interesting, isn't it? The, these old games. Have it's been nice resurrected. that they didn't, you know, let the work go to waste. Yep, I agree. You know, so they've got the story, so they've actually made something. Yeah. That's, that's, and, yeah. and maybe one day these comics will be turned into games. Boom! Now that would be Full a turnaround. Circle. That would yeah. be circle. Circle. circle of life. Do you want to hear some reception and, and some sort of uh, awards that the game won? Always. Ready sure. for this. Now, Fate of Atlantis was set with a lot, well, met, I should say, with a lot of critical acclaim. It was a big deal, a huge deal. How many units, how many game, how many copies did it sell? <laughs> Half a million. Good guess. 700,000. Good guess. 400,000. <laughs> good guess. It actually sold over a million. That's a lot. That, that is, a is lot. surprising. Point and click game as well. No, that's a good yeah. number. That's a good number. Um, you know, huge. It's, 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 it's often named one of, the, one of the best, if not the best adventure game ever made. It was named many, many ga- uh, adventure games of the year awards for that particular year in 1993. Um, I've got a few, uh, a few scores here. From Amiga Format. Well, good old Amiga Format. Used to love that magazine. <laughs> they gave the game 92%. And they said, despite being a film license of sorts, <laughs> this is a brilliant adventure game, a tried and trusted formula applied to a likable and humorous theme. Stunning graphics describe some beautiful scenes from all around the world. Three modes of play, which offer a different challenge depending on how you, on your point of view. 
well thought out puzzles that give you a real buzz when you solve them. No. You know what? I kind of agree. I think the uh, the puzzles aren't too difficult, but they're, they're also not ridiculously easy. Mm. Obviously, what pathway you choose would di- dictate the difficulty a bit more. But I never found my, myself really, really scratching my head and thinking, I just can't do it apart from maybe one or two times. Um, I, I know that Dylan had to use a walkthrough a, a couple of times. I did as uh. well. But do you agree? Most of the game, <laughs> I'm if you stupid. really thought about it, you could see the chain of reasoning. Yes, but <laughs> sometimes it's... It's the same thing with all point and click games. There's some puzzles in there just make no logical sense. But You've just got to do lots of click, click just click stamp, on everything yeah. and stamp the fish on the envelope <laughs> and you will open the door to the, you know, cellar or whatever. You know? There are worse games. I agree. There are that, that, that annoys me in certain adventure games. Well, I think Atlantis is one of the, I don't think it's as bad as that, but I do agree. It's a hard thing to get right, I think, in a game. Yeah. If you're going to, if it's quite puzzle heavy, finding the balance between them being too easy and too difficult. Too difficult, they put people like me off. Yeah. Too easy, it's like, well, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, it's if it's really room. obvious, like, oh, put that there. And, right. You know, it's just to get the balance. To some extent, this is the curse of Google and being able to cheat, right? So if well, you get, if you get stumped these days, and you yeah. just can't be bothered, then you just look it up. Of course, yeah. Do you know what? And I, I remember when I was growing up, I was, I, for a few weeks, I was so angry I couldn't get through Atlantis. Mm. I, could, I just couldn't work the puzzle You were just out. angry for two weeks. You I just like smashed the toaster. <laughs> completely true story. Slam I used to go door. to the news agent for about the next few months and I went straight to the back of the oh, PC. hoping in Because the, there was no yeah, internet yeah. available, but they had sometimes the walkthroughs. And, stuff, yeah. and do you know, it, one or two, even screenshots of Atlantis might, might look, well, well, look at the infantry. How, how have they got that and that? And if they can't, do you understand? Wow. I found myself doing that a lot, flicking through to the it's back so of the magazines. Because now you just have to use like willpower to stop yourself from That's looking it. it up. And we have no willpower. Exactly. Adrian's now banned from every WH Smith since the <laughs> mid 90s. Yeah. yeah. I'm still angry <laughs> this about it. It's not a library. <laughs> yeah. Right. Final review from Amiga Action. Amiga Action. No, I didn't. Uh, no, I didn't ever like it. And, and they gave the game 91%. They're wrong. It deserves more. <laughs> Definitely but, 91 and a half. But when you hear, <laughs> when you hear what they've got to say, you might actually side with a meager action a bit more. All right. I am completely and totally stunned because I would never have believed it possible to produce a game this good on the Amiga. Oh, five wow. years ago, a game of this quality would have been unthinkable. It makes you wonder. What is in store for us over the next few years? Rise of the robots. <laughs> yeah. uh, the surely, demise of Amiga, unfortunately. Surely yeah. Amiga Action should have been back in the Amiga and believing it was possible to make great games on it. So, well, Dylan's their biggest fan. So, what have we got to say? They about had that? no. Yeah, faith, maybe man. Amiga Action was like really pessimistic magazine. Maybe yeah, that's why they didn't read it. Just, yeah, like, oh, this game's rubbish. The definitely, rubbish. the glass is half empty, right? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, defo. Um, no, the reason I say it is because Rise of Robots is because they both came on like 12 discs, didn't they? So obviously like, yep. you know, okay, it's a lot of stuff, but how much was actually on each of those floppy discs? Probably not much, but because you had 12 of them, you know, whack it all together. Not, yeah. I mean, I only played the talkie version with the, the CD always in there, I but I can imagine the discs. Yeah. Very I, don't, I don't think there were many other Amiga games that had like 12 discs. Obviously the Rise of Robots. Monkey Island 2. That one. That was close yeah, to Monkey that. Monkey Island 2. Not many others. Yeah. Not many others, but. I do miss the multi-disc games. I don't miss changing them every five minutes. I tell you what, especially yep. especially when sometimes the Amiga doesn't read the floppy disk. Oh, that's the worst. And you want to throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah. Or is it one when one floppy disk fouls and then yes. the whole game goes. As, yeah. as a what, little question, little tangent, as a gamer who went from cartridge to disc without a problem, like CDs and then yeah. DVDs and now Blu-rays, um, do you feel like having to put up with all the disc swapping and stuff made you like more patient? 
Yes, through, it did. through life, you know, it like did. you had when you were young, you had to develop the patient. Even like, right, okay, so now I want to actually do this bit. Now did, I need to put the new disc in. Did did anyone well, I was just like cartridge switch use on, a boom. tape drive on a C64 yes. or something? That because now, that was ultimate. Drive, actually, I'm lying. I did. We had a spectrum when I was, li- but I was little, little. Yeah, so. a tape drive gave me patience because waiting for some of those C64 yeah. games to load yeah. and then dying straight away and having to reload them. That that is patience, patience but hold on. Weren't they like, the only ones I ever saw were like one tape, weren't they? But they, they, they weren't multi-tape, isn't it? You didn't have to like load multi-tapes and then... Yeah, I think you're right. No, game. I think most, well, most of them maybe, were a couple, tape, weren't they? maybe a couple were. Maybe a couple were. But I'm talking about the loading times, not the specifically Amiga. about the changing of discs. Yeah. The so. Amiga, if you didn't have a hard disc, and also didn't have a hard disc back in the day, you had to switch, for some games, you had to like switch between the same couple of discs. It wasn't even in the chronological order. And something like Indiana Jones, where you would have to go to these different locations oh, a, a couple of different times. Ooh. I don't even want to think about it just um just even to word process stuff on the amiga I had something um it's called wordsworth named after William good, wordsworth, good name good name of course, yeah <laughs> um just to even get that loading i had to do about 10 disc swaps <laughs> just to start typing something <laughs> i mean but yeah patience is i still have no patience for things so i don't think that indiana much. jones oh, well. would have much patience either he doesn't he seems like a kind of guy that wouldn't be very relaxed. no he just wants to get on with it yeah no messing no no they're repairing things carefully. He would go straight to CD-ROM, mate. He's like, screw this floppy disk. <laughs> he would. He would. Do you guys fancy hearing a bit of trivia about the certain Always trivia. Love trivia. Love love trivia. So I said earlier it came out in a few formats, and one really got you guys a bit uh, hot across the collar, didn't it? It did a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was released actually on the Wii as well. Now, that's a bit unusual, because it was an unlockable um, extra on the Wii Action game. Anyone have a guess? No. Indiana Jones and the Summing Kingdom of Staff the Crystal Skull. Kings. Uh, Staff of Kings. Oh yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> that, that, classic, one went, huh? <laughs> that, that one went. That one went. Yeah, that classic. What? <laughs> uh, again, I don't think the game was particularly good, but some people bought it just so they could play uh, Atlantis. How cool is that? That's a good idea. What, so what, it was an action be, game, was it? Yeah, I think it's like a Tomb Raider-esque kind of game. Oh, uh, okay. Not as good as Tomb Raider. Okay. That was the kind of way it was looking, I believe. Mm. Um, yeah, so the... There was two versions of the game. The floppy disk version had 11 disks. Not, so not 12, I'll take that back. It's 11. Um, and on the, uh, here you go. On the island of Crete, while exploring the caverns, there are several rooms that which have the LucasArts logo etched in stone. Oh, That's quite a nice little Easter egg, nice, isn't it? Nice. Um, bit of a self-serving Easter egg, but we'll let that go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Ah, now Dylan, you said you got, you didn't find the fighting very good. No. You found it difficult. Yes. What if I told you there was a certain button that could allow you to uh, produce a sucker punch? One punch and you can kill the, the Nazis. I'd ask you to tell me it, please. <laughs> <laughs> that said button is a certain button called insert. If you press insert... <laughs> insert no one has ever yeah. pressed insert in the history of man. No one wants to overwrite their their text. People don't even know what that button does, do they? It, but it knocks out Nazis. <laughs> it, yes, the Nazi punch. That's why it's on the keyboard. That's I know why it's that now. Uh, the thing is, it shouldn't be called an insert button. It should be it called is. an overwrite button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keith's look, looking at it now. Looking it now. On, on don't press it. You're going to kill the Nazis. Boom. Boom. No, do press well, it. Yeah. <laughs> One punch. Boom. So, so there you punch. go, Dylan. If you get into a fight, just press insert. Oh, thanks, mate. So you can literally end every fight with... Or do you have to have a bit of a fight and then use it? So, pretty much all enemies, but some enemies, some enemies which have a circumvented, uh, which can be circumvented by solving a puzzle, are yeah. immune to this move. But the oh, okay. most are up for the sucker punch. <laughs> Love that sucker punch. <laughs> Love that sucker punch. Um, 
you know what? The storyline of the game is fairly accurate, and it's based on history. Now, it's, I know Atlantis and so forth goes a bit crazy. I'm a customer hustleman. <laughs> is that real? Is that real metal? <laughs> well, look. Apparently, Henrik Himmler attempted to rewrite history. Oh, no, Himmler. I know, right? In an, <laughs> in an effort to prove that the, uh, is it Aryan race? Aryan. Aryan, Aryan. Aryan race, in fact, descended from the Atlanteans. <laughs> so God. to this end, he instigated archaeological digs in oh. Iceland, the Middle East, Tibet. To try and find Atlantis. The Nazis were yeah. very big on this. And apparently, yes, yeah, similar but, to... Um, well, yeah. it was like when we, when we did the Wolfenstein podcast mm. and talked about the Spear of Destiny. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They Hitler mentioned about the castle Wolfenstein here as well. And, yeah. Because well, there, there was always rumours about them dabbling in the paranormal and the stuff like that. I know. So Himmler needs the insert button pressed violently, don't we? To oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Press that insert button. There was also another game called Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which appeared around the same time on 8-bit home computers, what? including the ZX Spectrum, Amstrad, and Commodore 64. What? But due to machine limitations, this was an isometric sort of game, um, which the player, you, you fought Nazi cards. So it wasn't a typical, oh, okay. it wasn't a point and click game. Yeah. It just had the same name, basically. Was it the same story then? So they. Oh, I don't think it was even the same story, really. I, I think it's just. It's just a rip off. Just a rip off. <laughs> okay. I'm <laughs> wondering if I might have this in the Ooh. garage. I might go and have a look. Okay. I've oh. definitely got, I think, don't go an, right now. Indiana Jones. The, thing, <laughs> the question is, we're not know, finished. <laughs> if you press the insert button on the Commodore 64, does anything happen in that game? Sucker punch. <laughs> Sucker punch. Sucker punch. Um, a few months ago, I chucked out to our lovely Twitter followers and uh, what, what's your views of Atlantis? Mm. And I thought there'd be, there'd be like fish on the line, loads of comments coming in. How many came in? <laughs> Just the two. Two comments. <laughs> but two golden nuggets. Are you ready for this? Here we go. So we've got, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> we're keeping with Game Tripper UK. Love a bit of game. We like Top man. Game Tripper We do like Game Tripper UK. Top man. And he said, oh man. Uh, this game was really clever. I got it on PC after playing it on my mate's C64. Boom. There you, there go. you go. He's played both versions. But it had full voice acting on the PC version. I think it had Hell a bit more yeah. than just that, but we'll let that slip. Hell yeah. I think it was the first time I'd heard anything like it. Really mind-blowing. There you go. Yeah. Honestly, it, it, we, look, we laugh now. We think, oh, not much a big deal. But hearing real... Proper CD voices, mm. you know, proper quality. That was a huge deal for me back in the day. Probably the real thing that really raised the game to another level for me. I honestly think Dane Bowers. Yeah. Dane Bowers style. Um, also WD Hunt, which is at Ray the 68. He chipped in. He said, I love this game. I was hoping, in brackets, back then, LucasArts was going to adapt this story into the next indie movie. But unfortunately, we got that Crystal Skull mess instead. <laughs> the story had the potential to be the best indie movie yet. Who knows? Maybe we'll finally get it uh, Get it with, with the one that they're doing now. I think there's a new indie game, indie movie in the works, isn't there? So... I would be surprised if, uh, if it was Atlantis. Silently raised my eyebrow. There is a fifth indie film coming, and if I had my way, they'd base it on Atlantis. But I suppose how could they? Because it, Harrison Ford's a lot older than he was in in said nineteen thirty-nine. Recast him? Are they recast I... indie? I don't know. Talking about talking about indie films, I'm gonna uh, do a little plug for a film called Raiders. Now Raiders. I think I told you guys about this a little. Oh while ago. yes, Seen it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's a really good film about. A bunch of kids who want to recreate uh, mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they basically film it um, through their childhood and grow up in the process of filming it, but never quite finish it because they can't uh, get their money together to do all the special effects and whatnot at the end. 
And so as adults, they revisit it That's and finish it off. And it's a really, really good film. So if, if you get a chance to watch it, I would uh, give it a try. It's a very good documentary. Kev gives, uh, gives it uh, four fedoras. I yeah. definitely do. I give it five, not how many five, five snakes it? and two whips. Yeah. yeah, snakes are bad though because Indy oh. hates snakes. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, Indy Sorry. hates snakes. <laughs> but if he's got five whips, he might be all right with them. So that's true. true. Um, we'll wrap up part two soon because I've got a certain quiz. I'm 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 desperate to play uh, with you guys. Indy quiz. Indy quiz. Right now. Come on, <laughs> Indy quiz. Yeah, you're, yeah. Um, I'll get that whipping into action scene. Um. But really, just to finish off, it's just, I love playing the game. And I have to, I think Dylan, um, really is not a fan of remastering his old games. <laughs> He's made that perfect. He's made that point clear. And I'll be honest, I was on the fence a few years ago. I was. I have to say, I was quite excited about playing the new, the new Monkey Island, new remaster version. I quite enjoyed it. But looking back now and just admiring the artwork back then and just playing the original again in its pixelated loveliness, mm. I have to, I've changed my tune quite a lot recently. I don't think there's any need for it. Nope. And I, I played, like I said, Full Throttle recently, and they've done a good job with the remasters, I have to say. The graphics are smoother, of course. Flip it they, back. They've ironed Flip out the edges, back. but halfway through the game, I, I flipped it back. Yeah. I haven't completed Full Throttle yet, but I just found myself going, I want the old, the yeah. old style. Yeah, of course you do. Work. And I honestly think, I, I might, I'll talk more about my favourite adventure games in, in, in more detail one day, but it's, this is up there with it. It really is. I just love it so much. Love the characters. You re- really feel that you want to help Sophia, help help rescue her. The the, the, the scenery, the Atlantis kind of backdrop. Uh, I just think it's got that magical indie. It's not over the top like certain films of Aliens. Mm. We, we can talk about another day. Uh, Crystal Skulls and all that. <laughs> but it just it captures the feel so well. And I have to say, fair play to Hal and Noah. They've done a stellar, stellar <laughs> job. Um, and again, we're really quite lucky. They they took the time to talk to us. So. You know, please, there'll be some links under the podcast. Please check the both interviews out. Um, and yeah, guys, if you get a chance, it's worth picking up for like four or five pounds on Steam. Really, really is. Done. Done and dusted. <laughs> Done Dylan, really. would you want to chip in with one last comment before we, uh. One last comment on the game. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got a few comments okay, about the game actually. Um, I'll just reiterate, reiterate a few things. The beginning, obviously, when you're going through the library and everything is brilliant. Um, okay. It takes a little while to get through it, and it's initially a little bit frustrating, but then you come to appreciate how clever it is. Um, the past thing is super clever. Uh, it looks gorgeous, sounds gorgeous. There are some stupid puzzles in it that kind of do my head in, but thank you, Google. We're okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, the guy sounds like, the guy sounds like Harrison Ford. So it's like having Harrison Ford talk back at you. Whilst playing a video yeah, game, great, I don't right? think there's much better than that. So mm. yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd give it a solid sort of four fedoras. <laughs> um, Is that yeah? I'm going to go back to it. Yeah, I'll probably go back to it, and then obviously I've, I've, I think I think I've I told you where I was. I think the restaurant. Where's it? After you choose which way you go. Yeah, I think I'm on my own again. I think I'm, I think you I'm chose down that the witch path, path, didn't yeah. you? So I'll I'll I'll, I'll I'll pursue that. It'll take me 24 years. We'll <laughs> yeah. come back. We'll Watch this space. We'll, we'll come this. back yeah. when we're retired and yeah. 60. Yeah, yeah. We're only 24 years from 60, guys. Oh, just, uh, thanks for that. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you, and you, you, you're going to retire at 60. Good luck. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've already retired got my, at 95. We'll come back. I've already, I've already got my 10 point plan for retiring. You're going to complete all three routes before yeah. you retire. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Great game. Um, yeah. Just get that LucasArts. 
this Lucasfilm thing, just get it. It's on Steam. It's cheap as, cheap as peanuts. Go and get it. Yeah. Well, um, do you know what? I, I, as a, again, as a console gamer, like my whole life, um, I, I know these games are more suited to obviously playing on a computer. I wish, and I don't know, you can't, you can get Full Throttle Maniac Mansion. You can download them from, like the PlayStation Store, oh, PlayStation Store, PlayStation Store. And I, but I just wish they'd make more of an effort because I don't think a lot of console gamers will ever go and really go out and seek these kind of games mm-hmm. to try. Um, I wish they would maybe put them on on like a physical copy, like a compil. How easy would rather than worrying about remastering the mm-hmm. graphics and stuff? Yep. Just put the original games on on a disc. Yeah, lovely. Oh, you know, all the LucasArts point and click adventures mm-hmm. as at one PS4 disc or an Xbox. I, I would love that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I might it's go overhead out and actually now, get... isn't it? Companies are all about the digital sales. But, you know, like, selling them individually on Steam. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if they make much money off those these days. Mm. I just think it would be another way of getting more people to try them. I'm just wondering what would the market actually would be for that though. Because I think just, it's be just me, yeah, probably just me. I guess you're not going to get personal games on, made on PC. Oh. Limited run games—that's the kind of thing they might want to get yeah, involved in. That's in, that's in, yeah, you know, because yeah. you know, you're talking about a Blu-ray. Yeah, they could fit all of the games on there and some, and God knows what else. <laughs> and the cancelled uh, Iron Phoenix game, couldn't they? Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, something like that would be really cool. And you know, I know that you can get the games. Black Eyes White Noise. Be a random inclusion, but yeah. You've got to include so you've got, that. You've got to that. Like would be crazy. See, Listeners, you, have you have no idea what I'm talking about? Go back, go back in our, uh, our way back into our archive. In our archives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, go and check out the black, uh, well, the, the, the Jaguar CD pod. That's right. It's, mm. it's mind blowing to say the least. <laughs> um, talking about, uh, actually, the last thing I forgot to mention, actually, there was another format this game was being made on. It wasn't the Jaguar CD. What was it being made on? The Me- Mega CD? The Mega CD. Oh, okay. But it was cancelled. And no. that might, we might learn a little bit more later about that in the quiz. Ooh. Come on, quiz me up. Is it time for the quiz? Is it time for the quiz? It's time for the indie quiz. So guys, we're here back for the indie quiz. Yeah. Um, not the best name for the quiz. So I actually want to see if we can get a better name for it. So, uh, Keith, have you got any ideas for a better name? Uh, no, Indiana Jones and the Quiz of Doom. <laughs> Quiz of Doom. That's pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> like that. Kev? Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Quizade. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's quite good. Last Quizade. That's quite good. Last Quizade. That's Steve Dillon could top that. <laughs> last Quizade. I was going to say Indiana Jones and the Quizdle Skull. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Bonus point for Quizdle Skull, but <laughs> negative point for linking it back to the yeah, Skull film. film. <laughs> Quizdle. Oh, right, no. are we ready? Guys, yeah. I've got ten multiple choice questions. It's, the answers are either A, B, C, or D. Yeah. I will reveal the answers at the end of the quiz. So guys yes. at home, grab a piece yeah. of paper. Yeah, play along. Play, play along. along. <laughs> Let us know if you can beat uh, our fellow indie... Indie, uh, indie buffs. Indie buffs here. So question one. Yeah. Roughly... How many lines of dialogue were recorded for the talkie version of Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis? Oh. Is it A, 5,000? Oh. B, 8,000? Oh. C, 11,575? Oh. Or D, 22,000? Question two. Indiana Jones's kangaroo hide bullwhip was sold in December 1999 at Christie's Auction House in London for how much? A, $43,000, B, $50,000, C, $25,000, or D, 
$250,000. Question 3. LucasArts were making a version of Atlantis for the Sega Mega CD. Mm. But the main reason this version was never completed was A. The Mega CD's lack of mouse capability. B. The difficulty of transfer, transferring over all lines of dialogue. C. The lack of success the secret of Monkey Island had on the Mega CD. Or D. A falling out between Sega and George Lucas. Ooh. Question four. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm thinking. Go on. Put the four Indiana Jones uh, films in the correct order, uh, in the correct IMDb rankings from top to bottom. So the best film to worst film in, in IMDb rankings. Is that okay? So it's either A, Raiders of the Lost Ark, then Last Crusade, then Temple of Doom, then King of the Crystal Skull. B, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, Raiders of the Lost Ark, then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. C, Last Crusade, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And D, <laughs> Last Crusade, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and Temple of Doom. Could you read them again, please? I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, I'm not joking. doing that. <laughs> Question five. Which Indiana Jones film grossed the most money? Ooh. Was it A, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Ooh. B, Temple of Doom? C, The Last Crusade? Or D, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Question six. What is Indiana Jones's birth name? Ah. Oh. Is it A, <laughs> Dr. Henry Walter Jones Jr.? Is it B, Dr. Henry Wandsworth Jones? C, Dr. Henry Walton Jones? Or D, Dr. Henry Walton Jones Jr.? What was A? <laughs> A was Dr. Henry Walter Jones Jr. 7. Sean Connery is how many years older than Harrison Ford? Oh. A, 21 years, B, 12 years, C, 16 years, or D, 32 years. Can you read those again? Sorry. I just Certainly. So we've got A, 21 years, yeah. B, 12 years, yeah. C, 16 years, and D, 32 years. I don't think I'm winning this quiz. I think I'm going to fail this quite miserably. Question eight. This, will, this is where Dylan gets the comeback, I reckon. Oh, no. The club owned by the villainous Lao Chi in yeah. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is called A. Club Soda Yoda B. Club Vader C. Club Jar Jar or D. <laughs> Club Obi-Wan Question 9. The, the infamous chilled monkey brains served oh, in Temple of Doom was mm. actually made from A. Custard and raspberry sauce, B, ketchup and mashed potato, C, trifle, or D, mustard and chilli sauce. And the final question, question 10, because of Crystal Skull, people are now saying what, as opposed to jumping the shark? A, swinging with monkeys, B, nuking the fridge, C, skulking your le sculling your legacy, or D, jumping the Jones? I think question nine is a trick question because I think it was actually monkey brains. <laughs> All options. There's, there's definitely one correct answer. So for for I nine, I'm going for hidden option E. <laughs> <laughs>
If you want to put I, it down, fine. Actual yeah. monkey. Bro. I, don't, I don't recall seeing any no animals were harmed in the making of this nope. film. No, there definitely was not that disclaimer. disclaimer. Dylan might have me there. <laughs> right? Do you want the answers? <laughs> yeah, I want to see yeah. how I You've got no cheating, guys. No, 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 tell hold on. Wait, wait, wait. It's on there. I'm going to put my pen away. Yes, I'm not, not typing that tank. I'm going to so keep far. my pen and I'm going to cheat. And if we have a tie, there is a tiebreaker. Nice. Extra excitement, eh? Right, I'm so... I'm going to know how many points I've got. Everyone oh, wants actually, to know, know I'm how many need points. Oh, pen. <laughs> Keith, should we mark each other's? Oh, good shout, good shout. Yeah, yeah no right. cheating and here. we're just going to trust go. Dylan. Yeah, just trust Did me. you like the quiz? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was good. It was good, it was good. So, how many lines of dialogue were recorded? I did actually mention it You said it. 8,000. I was just making sure you were listening. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was, it was B, 8,000. Yeah, I wasn't listening. I just guessed B. Oh, well so. done. Got it right. You got yeah. it right. All right. How much did the, the whip sell for? I said A. I Kev said A. I can't remember what I put. It is A. 43,000. Wow. What yeah. was C? Right. That's what. Why? 25, I think. Uh, why did, um, LucasArts not make or finish off the Mega CD version of the game? Did I? I said C. What did, it, I said C, but Keith put B, which I think was difficulty in transferring the, the lines of dialogue. The mm. actual answer is C, the lack of success of Monkey Island. That makes oh. sense. Yeah. It's oh, a shame. Well, yeah. Stop the quiz now, please. <laughs> <laughs> What's the correct order of the IMDb ra- uh, rankings from top to bottom? Interesting, eh? I've got the answer here is A. I got A. Ah, Raiders of Lost Ark, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, and Kingdom of Crystal Skull. There's no way you can have Did I get it right? Crusade you went first. right. Do we agree with that? And I just yeah. couldn't hold the uh, films in my head. I had a fee. I had a feeling that um, Last Crusade would be above Temple of Doom. That's yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm I'm shocked that Kingdom Crystal Skull wasn't top. But anyway, <laughs> we'll move on quickly. Um, which film grossed the most money, though? Not necessarily the best. I, I went. I went for Skull. <laughs> I went for Last Crusade. No, I went for Last Crusade. It's actually this is interesting. It was still Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really? Honestly, yeah. that made seven hundred and nine uh, thousand. Um, Million? Seven hundred nine million. million? I've got, yeah, million. <laughs> say, sorry. Yeah, $709. Seven hundred million. Yeah, seven hundred million dollars. And that's, that's like 1981. Yeah. That's, that is crazy. That's insane. Okay. It was almost a do in 1981. So we got that one wrong. What is Indiana Jones's birth name? I put A. Kev went, uh, Kev went A. Did I go A as well? Or did I go D? Uh, what question are we on? Six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you went D. D. That's correct. It's Dr. Henry Walton yes. Jones Jr. Oh, okay. Not Walter. Walton. Sorry, what was the answer to five? Um, what was the answer to five? What letter? What letter? Five. A. A. Five okay. A. Uh, question seven. Sean Connery is how many years older than Harrison Ford? I put C, whatever that was. It's actually B, 12 years. That's what I went with. Yeah, I changed it at the end. Can you see? I had I had it as D, I think, and then I went no. I, keep beating I remember that. reading that they were really close in age. Mad, isn't it? Oh no, we're yeah. tying. I'm tying with I Keith. Well, you got, got a bit further. What's Kev got? Kev got, oh, yeah. Kev got the last Ooh. four. Wrong. So, so me and Keith both on four. Four. Kev on three. Ooh. So it's still to play for. Kev started well, but he's kind of fallen away, fallen away so. significantly. <laughs> Does anyone want to ever go to Club Jar Jar Binks or not? No. Is that the answer? Yeah, I put Jar Jar. That's not right. I put cotton soda yoda or whatever. Soda it was. yoda. Nope, that was my idea. It was actually oh, was good. Club Obi One. Really? I've never wow. noticed that. No one, yeah. What? What? Never what letter was that? That, I, that was D. That was D. Okay. Okay. So I had to say, I just guessed by the end of it. Soda yoda. I like that. Soda yoda. Like Any two I'd, questions I'd there? Come on. Go there. You'd rather go than Jar Jar Binks. Anyway. Definitely. Question nine. What was what was the monkey brains actually made out of? I hidden. Put, hidden answer E. <laughs> 
I didn't put hidden answer. Me and Kev put A. Both put A. I think. Yeah. Raspberry I put C. And custard and custard. custard and raspberry, raspberry sauce is correct. Oh eh? uh, no! I put eh. And again, I, what is it called when people? Again, it's more of a term from the film. I know this well, one. Jump in the shot, now known as um, nuke in the fridge. Nuke in the fridge. B. Ah. Nuke in the fridge. Oh, I didn't put that. I didn't either. Get that. Do you remember that bit? No. Where he ends up at the nuclear test site and he hides in a fridge and he survives the nuclear test. Oh, so it's sort of jump in the shark, you know, nuking nuking the, in the fridge. fridge. Oh. Yeah. So Kev got one, two, three, four out of ten. I got four. Four. And, and Kev got, uh, drum roll please, somebody. Six out of ten. We'll do the tiebreaker for fun, but well done, Keith. Fedora goes to Keith. Keith wins a crystal skull. Oh. Keith wins monkey brains. I see. They made me think of that episode of Peep Show with the crystal skulls. Yes, yeah, smash smashes it. it. We'll, who wants the? We should do like, so. Keith's got the main prize, the kudos. Oh, so the, what about the tiebreaker yeah, between, between these guys to runner yeah. up? Oh, ooh, oh who's come second? What was the total? It's a fingers on buzzers moment. No, I'd say I'll take an answer. Tell you who's closest. What's the total box office takings of all the four films added together? Well, you know okay. that the Raiders was like seven hundred million, which so was that the gives most. you a start. Yeah. Kev's good at maths, so I think he will beat me, but go on. Kev can go first. Only means he'll be good at adding up his guesses. <laughs> <laughs> he is good not. at that. He's good at the maths. <laughs> I'm going to go for... Yeah. If it was 700 for the, the main one, I'm going to go for a total of 1.8 billion. What's your guess, Dilsey? I'm going to go 1.9 billion. Oh, that's oh. The answer is... <laughs> 1.978 billion. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Oh, he sneaks in there. Guys, yes. I hope you enjoyed the quiz. Um, Sorry, did, Kev. Did, did anyone well, beat Keith? That's the question. Yeah, it? let us know. Yeah. Make, look, Keith is desperate to hang on to that. that yeah, actually, if you did, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. We can see if anyone listened this far. So tweet us at Arcade. <laughs> just, one, just one of you. Come on. <laughs> Come on, please. Guys, thanks for listening to the pod. And um, we'll see you another time. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's podcast we really hope you enjoyed it if you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else you can tweet us at arcade attack uk at keith barlow 82 and at arcade underscore adriano we're also on facebook at facebook.com slash arcade attack uk please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness interviews reviews features top 10 etc and you can also find all our previous podcasts there Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.